This is a quick word from our sponsor. Take a look at this. This is from PCMag.com, December the 5th, 2018. When you switch on a VPN, it creates an encrypted tunnel between your computer and a server controlled by the VPN service. All your web traffic is routed through this tunnel, meaning that no one, not even someone on the same network as you, can sneak a peek at your data. It also prevents malicious network operators from intercepting your information or using DNS poisoning techniques to trick you into visiting phishing pages. Now, this is really important if you're in cryptocurrency because you want to go to uh, myetherwallet.com, not myetherwallet with three L's or four L's or one L, and using this particular VPN that I'm going to tell you about will keep you secure. Now, even if you don't decide to use this one, make sure you use a VPN. The one that I use is NordVPN. They won the best VPN of 2019. I have a link in the description below, which gives you a significant discount on their package. And one subscription would allow you to use it on your mobile, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, up to six devices. So click on the description link in the description below and whatever you do, make sure you get a VPN. Hi everybody, this is Crypto Rich working with you to get rich with crypto, filling our pockets with crypto profits. And in this video, I'm delighted to have back with me the general manager of Komodo. And this is Ben Fairbank. He is the general manager. He's also a YouTuber in his own right. So please go and subscribe to his channel if you haven't already. He posts occasionally. And um, what we're going to be talking about in this video is really is Komodo. Now, if you are familiar with my channel, you know I cover a lot of Komodo projects. Verus Coin, Crypto Union, um, Pirate Chain, plus a few others. I just think Komodo is amazing. Now, nevertheless, none of this is investment advice. Do not, do not, do not sell all your worldly goods for Komodo or any other project that I mentioned on my channel. Do your own due diligence. Don't invest any more than you can afford to lose. And all I'm doing is sharing with you what I discover as I'm traveling along on the blockchain. And this morning, uh, has led me to this an afternoon in in Southeast Asia with you, Benny. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, good afternoon from uh, Vietnam. Yes, 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 yes. Much, much warmer where you are than where I am. And we, we, yes. I think we recorded a video two, three months ago, and it will be in the playlist on Komodo and stuff. And I think what what, what are we going to cover? Um, there was that project we spoke yes. about last night. Uh, I think the ecosystem in general, because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's a lot of explanations coming out about Komodo and the tech and what the platform offers, um, but there's lesser information on uh, what the ecosystem started, how it's starting to form and come together, and um, how it's becoming a, a used platform in its own right. Yes, because today it's looking like this year is looking like a really great year for Komodo in the in terms mm. of adoption certainly by other blockchain projects in one particular regard. And we can talk about that. Do you just want to say a little bit about yourself and what you do at Komodo and then we can go into? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm, uh, for those who don't know me, I'm a, um, I've been a global C-level my whole life, a corporate slave. And uh, that's taken <laughs> me you, around the world. Minute, are you not the, the galleon master <laughs> as a no, C-level executive? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, you can tell from my haircut that uh, most of the roles I've had have been relatively stressful. I actually uh, carved a career out of uh, company turnarounds, um, so going into flailing or ailing companies and uh, all companies that weren't growing quickly enough or were in, wanted to IPO, and my job was to try and um, try and improve through customer experience and through cultural change management. 
So my background is pretty much going in and working out how to better structure and set up companies and to, to make them as uh, profitable and um, fast growing as possible. Right. So this is my first real job that I've wanted to do um, and no one's held a gun to my head or I haven't thought to myself, I, um, I have to do this. This is the first job I've ever had that I've wanted to do. So I am in my element and I'm loving life. Yes, 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 yes. And to me, there is something like when I speak to people who are involved in Komodo, I've interviewed you, I've interviewed CA, I'm going to be interviewing him again a couple of times this week. I've interviewed Ben O'Hanlon. I've interviewed um, Saddam as well, right, about the Agama yep. wallet. And then there's uh, Michael Tutongi a few times and then Ryan who's with Pirate Chain, but, you know, it's from the whole, they all just seem really passionate about uh, yeah. what they're doing. And, and they speak well of other Komodo projects. And I mustn't forget Fabian, I've spoken to him as well, and and PDYX, and, and just, oh, I, I'm just a fan. But By the way, if you're looking for some sort of objective analysis of Komodo, I'm sorry, you're not going to get it from me. <laughs> One is I don't believe there's such a thing as, as objectivity anyway, right? I don't think anybody sees the world objectively. They see it from their own perspective. And then also just, you know, I am invested in Komodo and some of the other projects. So there you go. I, I do want it to win very much. Okay. So so what's the stuff that you've been working on of late? Yeah, sure. So um, I guess that, that, that will answer the previous question a bit more as well. So what I do at Komodo is I try and work out uh, longer term strategies, help with uh, legal types of structures. And you might think, what, why does a decentralized project need legal structure? Mm -hmm. um, it's, more, it's, also, it's more so uh, drawing the line in the sand to make sure that we have that, uh, that protection. Um, obviously, in a decentralized open source project, you do have to still make sure there is structure. And make sure that all the projects that build are protected, and that you um, and that you're protecting your own project, as well as also setting up the infrastructure for where we go next. Because uh, an open source project still needs to be able to have contributors, uh, revenue streams, and proper uh, global structure. And we're also dealing with um, company structures that don't exist in. Um, well, don't exactly exist in the conventional world. Reason being, we're now talking about cross-border transactions and we're talking about much more complexities and governments who don't yet have clear subsets of rules uh, with, with differing countries having differing opinions on how the infrastructure should be. So my role is to go out there, talk to the projects that want to come across, uh, try and get us in to some... Um, uh, conventional businesses mm -hmm. and to also work on uh, how that all fits together how we grow um, and what the strategy is going forward right because some of the because certainly the the corporate centralized system companies they're going to have to work with you in a way that fits inside their i don't know legacy rule and legal system and stuff so there has to be some intersect that makes sense I'm so glad you said that because I think 90% of people don't understand that. They just think that, that um, you can be who you are and you can be your own uh, project and your own, uh, I guess, ecosystem and yet everyone will just come along and just use you. Um, yeah. The thing is that uh, these, these big – and the difference is in the, in the crypto world, a company can go forward and say, look, we want to raise money to build on something or we want to do something and they can just – in the past, they've been – quite, um, I guess, liberal in their, in their expenses and spending and committing and 
no real contracts and quite loose terms. But we need to understand that if a corporate uh, company like a Fortune 500 comes to Komodo and says, we want to build with you, these guys have to go through like many layers of approval, sign-offs, shareholder um, agreements. Uh, they have to, it's very, very difficult process for them to get money to do that. So it's very interesting um, for us because we have to obviously in the early stages work with these types of companies. We can't just say, there it is, go for it. Um, mm. Very few people understand how to implement the tech, how it integrates with what they've currently got. So we've definitely got, our challenges are more on explaining what it is we have to other people and then trying to work out how we actually legally do that. Yep, yep. No, I get it, I get it. Because, you know, the big corporations, they'll have their procurement rules and regulations, they'll have mm -hmm. internal auditors and external auditors, and the tax people and the accountants and everything, mm -hmm. they can't, oh, oh, ignore all of that, right? We're not going to pay attention. It's just not going to happen. And I look at it, like you and I, we may be, I'm making an assumption here, right? We may be of an anarchist, libertarian, decentralized sort of, bent right but when we go to the u.s and we sit in a car we drive on the right side of the road when we go to britain yeah. and we sit in the car we drive on the left side of the road no no no, no i'm de democratic and decentralized and libertarian i drive whichever side of the road i want no there's an intersection with there's a certain intersection Absolutely. with rules and regulations Absolutely. that we got to be we have to honor otherwise we're going to hurt ourselves and hurt other people so I, I well, actually, that I think way. something that people find it hard to wrap their head around on that point is the fact is that we need some level of governance or uh, rules to protect us that don't have the rules. Um, now, I know that sounds quite hard to, to wrap your head around, but the thing is that we need to make sure that by being decentralised and being a consensus-driven project, that we're also not infringing on um, any laws ourselves in the sense that if someone comes along and uses open source, uh, um, uh, you know, infrastructure and tech, that's their responsibility, what they do with that. But you've got to be very careful how you distribute it yeah. um, and how it's marketed and uh, what it's what it's intended uses for. You've got to be very clear on um, saying what you condone and what you don't condone. Now, in the early stages, when you're involved in helping people set up, because it's not easy for people to self-serve, mm -hmm you're involved somehow. So you've got to make sure that, hang on, if we've got to go across and build this, what is it we're actually building for these people? So we have to be very much of the opinion of it's there. If you know how to use it, use it. If you don't, don't. But that doesn't serve most people. So we've been spending a lot of, and I don't want to steal the CA's thunder, we've spent a lot of time making sure that people can come in and are able to use the technology without our assistance. Um, that's the that's the obvious uh, end goal for us is to help adoption through people being able to go and get that for themselves and yep. not have us not be reliant on us. Yeah. Okay. Then the challenge is right. So Komodo is this decentralized organization. Mm. You have to, at the very least, feed your own mouth, right? Mm -hmm. And and the team in Komodo and stuff, you got to somehow make an income, so you can so you can be self sustaining. So then, how does this centralized organization? sorry, this decentralized organization that spans many countries do that? Yeah, well, that's a good question because ultimately speaking, um, I, I can only speak for myself and it's the same for most of the team. Most of us volunteer. Mm -hmm. So um, we work there because we want to work there and because we want to make a difference. Now, 
as it's the case with, I, I, I think, and it may be incorrect in the way I label it, but I see Komodo very, in a very similar vein to what other people would see Linux in the sense that it is this open source platform that people right. can go and uh, use and contribute and um, be part of. So there's a lot of people within the ecosystem and a lot of people that work for Komodo are actually running businesses that run on Komodo. So we want to attract more developers and we want to attract more businesses that run on Komodo and build and use Komodo's technology because A, that helps with mass adoption and B, the people that come in are self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. What we want is people to come in, utilise the technology, create businesses and, and to be able to be self-sufficient. So we don't ever intend to or we didn't set out to intend to make $100 million a year and then to be able to have this uh, wealth and this plethora of uh, talent at our disposal. We, we set up for particular reasons, and those reasons were to be a corporate money-making machine and to be owned by uh, serial investors. And um, it's worked out and panned out very, very well. But as the tech becomes easier to use, we'll get more and more exciting projects come in, and they, as I say, will make money for themselves, but yet they still feel as though they're very much part of the Komodo ecosystem structure. As we, as we move away from this traditional... Hence, you hear my title get thrown around as CEO and GM, uh, and there's a lot of conjecture on what actually is it. A decentralised organisation shouldn't have a um, hierarchical type of the system. It should have different people that serve different purposes. And for, and for me, I look after the general uh, management of the, of the business structure and setup and, and running. So our roles should be very simple, and, and no one's the boss. Uh, mm -hmm. We're all... Um, we're all equal contributors. Some of us have um, more understanding based on our knowledge of a certain area or more input based on our knowledge in a certain area, but by, by all means, it's a uh, consensus-driven project. Yes, 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 yes. No, very good. And, um, and my understanding is, and I may be wrong here, right, that how companies are organised is largely based on how the military is organised and the church is organised. Certainly in the West, because those, those were the first organizations and the military would have been as a function of i suppose the feudal system kings and queens mm -hmm. and how they organize society below them right and then the church of course that's an organized organization that's very very old and then companies have just grown out of that model and now we've got the blockchain mm -hmm. decentralized and it's not from that model that's interesting no. It is interesting because um, because what people have to understand is that you can't just come up with a breakaway technology movement that runs completely decentralised and, and doesn't care about what's happening around it because the people that are using you, feeding from you, working with you still belong to a, a, a hierarchical, um, somewhat outdated system. Mm. And the thing is that uh, you have to be you have to be compliant in the sense that at least to be able to do business with these people. So um, the two worlds have to meld. But people say, look, decentralization um, doesn't work. It's been proven a million times before that it doesn't work and that we're still going to follow this conventional system. Well, I can tell you that everybody in our company or our project, I can't even call it a company, our project starts at different times of the day, works at different hours, we're in different locations and countries. Um, so the structure is very different because in an office, I get a person in from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. so I can measure them, monitor them, micromanage them, make sure they're performing to a certain level. In a decentralized project, you're much more reliant on task-driven outcomes. It's very yeah. different. 
And because you're dealing with people's work schedules that don't line up, there is lag, there is, um, it's harder to communicate and to coordinate. So each person has to be very focused on their particular role and they have to be communicating well with the other members of the team. Um, you may never meet some of the people that are in your teams. Now that's kind of crazy. If you think about a decentralized organization smaller than ours, let's mm. think of one with five or six people. There may be people that on that five or six person team that don't meet unless it gets to a certain level of success and um, grows out. But uh, it's a very different structure than what we're used to. And it's a very, very different way of uh, policing, motivating, um, or, and organizing staff. Uh, JL, a very, very smart man, once said to me, um, you've come from organizations where you might have had to run and manage 5,000 people. Now, I think that would be much easier in a centralized structure than running 50, 60 people in a decentralized structure. Yeah. It's 100% smack on the money. Yeah. It's actually the, been the biggest challenge of uh, my working career, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finding out what everybody's doing because there's no centralized structure that they're all connected to. Yeah. in the same way okay very good all right well thank you that's the philosophy of the komodo that komodo is dealing with so what's actually happening yeah so um as you know we built very steadily through the uh the whole uh, bear market we produced a lot of stuff we uh brought out stuff to a little bit of um booze sometimes sometimes people say you should wait till the market improves so we can get a price pump or something like that but um it's not even in our vocabulary. We don't even talk about that at all. Mm -hmm. It's about bringing the tech out when the tech's ready. And we learned, as I said in the early days, to not bring it out prematurely now. We've um, grown up and we're learning. Mm -hmm. And we're learning how to better structure our offerings. And we're slowly learning how to better explain it. Um, when you create something with 50 moving parts and you're very proud of your invention, you want to talk about every single little part, but we have to understand that our audience may only be interested in one facet or one yeah. part. So we have to make it easy to digest and easy to understand, but also make sure the information is there for the 50 parts so that if anyone goes in, they can find it. So it's been a hell of a task for our writers and our marketing team. And I'll tell you what, they do a fantastic job of um, now explaining the documentation and their guides are coming along their, their world class for any industry, well, forming that way anyway. And uh, they do cop a lot of criticism. Our marketing team probably cops more than most for going under the radar and being um, unknown and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But the simple fact is um, when you're a project that's open source and you've not got clearly defined revenue streams, you don't want to go throwing away all your development money on shilling and marketing. What you're better off to do is work out a strategy for how we get it mass adopted, how we get it um, taken up and spend all our money on the development and on the security and on the scalability. Now you might say, well, how come I'll still go back to it? I'm invested. I want you to market the hell out of this thing. Because we've been quite um, stringent and because we've been quite measured, um, we have actually been able to make sure that we've got the deep power offering. Uh, we've got um, the scalability issues taken care of. We've got um, none of this, the same types of congestion or gas issues that uh, some of the other networks have. So we've really taken a lot of time to make sure that our base and core offerings are solid. Uh, now what we have to do is build the user interfaces on them and, and work out how to uh, scale. Um, our team's not gotten much bigger, but our plate has. Yes, 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 yes. And let's just say, I'm just going to go over quickly. So Komodo 
has been tested to over 46,000 transactions per second. Um, yep. Delayed proof of work means that the it's 51% uh, hack resistant and companies can buy into that. You can uh, launch ICOs, decentralized ICOs on the Komodo blockchain. Komodo is also a privacy coin with ZK Snarks um, technology. Uh, what what else? So and it's, it's there's, a, there's a plethora. We've got the crypto conditions contracts. We've had the sapling update. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Well, the crypto conditions contract I understand is like a module of smart contracts that if I want to design a smart contract project, that I can just pick and choose. I'll take this one, take this one, this this one, and this one, this one. The sapling upgrade means that it can do. You can have zk snarks projects on a mobile because zk snarks normally takes up a lot of energy sorry uh, space on computing power but sapling yeah. means you doesn't it doesn't then also komodo yeah. allows for um technical upgrades to flow in both directions so from the platform to the project yeah. if they want it but also from projects yeah. projects have offered what yes. they've come up with to Komodo yep. plus other projects in the ecosystem. Now I've covered a lot of Electronium projects, ERC20 tokens, and I know if this ERC20 project over here comes up with a particular refinement, as far as I know, there's no structure where that can get spread throughout the Electronium ecosystem and be shared through. Yes. So, and I'm sure um, there's other stuff yeah, that Komodo so does that's pretty good remarkable. Little, good little uh, simplistic summary there, which is good because it's, uh, it is a, quite a mouthful. It's hard to get your head around. And I think uh, even the guys on our team, we sort of spend days and weeks trying to learn how crypto conditions actually work. And then when we want to get under the hood, it's not like some of the other offerings you see in the space where you just think, oh, I've got a spare five minutes, I'll read up about it and become an expert. This is These are things that are... Um, that are, you can't just go out and sort of Google how does a crypto conditions contract work unless we've written the article. So the people in our team all have to get their heads around it, understand it, and try and do it justice, um, which is no mean feat. So you're right, the, the, the sharing type of ecosystem is extremely important, and we really would prefer to, and as you know, we don't really officially partner with people, but we do, uh, and that's, that's a very good reason for that. It's because... We were never a company or never a setup. Uh, mm -hmm. We're now going into that structure a little bit better for um, so that we can do some work with these commercial uh, businesses. But the idea of the whole ecosystem is to become as big as the number of contributors we have and as people and the people using it. We invite people to come in and test. We invite people to come in and contribute. Mm -hmm. And what we want to do make it so that game developers. Um, that uh, business builders can come in, build a business on there and say, doesn't quite do what I want it to do or there's nothing that's offered that meets my specific requirements. So I'm going to build it, alter it, change it, add something like Veriscoin did. And then what I'm going to do is say, here you go. Uh, you, can, you can use that for anyone who wants to use it. The template is there. So there are going to be things that will be locked down, so to speak, uh, in the future from, from all aspects. Mm. Uh, so, for example, a, a project might have a trademark or a patent on it, um, and they might have a specific, uh, specific function or software that they've integrated. Understood, that's not going to be reverse offered. But in the, for the most part, there is a two-way street between uh, the developing community and also the developers on the core team. Right, yes. And do you know, Ben, it's just occurred to me that that's an incredibly, um, what's the word, like, like 
it, it, it allows for progression and rapid evolution. It's incredibly responsive. You know, it's like a centralized corporate structure. Unless it allows like different spin-offs, like the environment or the culture allows for that, and then those spin-offs to contribute back, then it's going to stay yeah. rigid and be slow to evolve. But it's like, if I think of you as a, um, as a rat, as a rodent, mm-hmm. right? You know, ro- you. <laughs> you're welcome, right? And I mean well, just bear with me, right? But rodents have loads and loads of babies, lots and lots of babies. And those babies, you know, they'll have mutations and have differences and everything. And then some of those mutations will be beneficial and off they go. And then you get this whole other stream I mean, you could be a bug or an insect. I could have said it if you wanted me to, right? Yeah, but yeah. but, but I hear Komodo has that sort of evolutionary advantage. That's what I heard in what Absolutely. you were saying. So yeah, hundred percent. And I think that I think the thing is, um, if we provide the tools for people to be able to build, and crypto conditions really is like a blank canvas. So pretty much anything you can think of, you could code as long as you're specific. And as I've made this reference a million times, smart contracts uh, on um, other platforms have had their limitations in the sense that they're designed to particularly perform one function, whereas the crypto conditions contracts can actually perform multiple um, functions and have multiple exceptions. So therefore, you can actually layer that out and build an ecosystem like, a, like I always use the Uber example, but you can build an Uber style of business out, whereas on um, if you were to do a, a traditional smart contract, you'd have to do one for when the person accepts the ride, one for when the person hops into the car, one for when the person is dropped off, one for the payment. So this is, the crypto conditions allows you to do multi-layered contracts um, and then not have to worry about the gas price for execution because the, to execute the gas on that many individual smart contracts it would cost you more than the ride itself, whereas um, the Komodo uh, crypto conditions allow you to be able to execute at almost zero feet. That's it's just Komodo is just incredible, just incredible. It is incredible. It, it is, is incredible. But but you talked about being objective before, and I'll, I'll try and be. Well, I said I'm not. I, I make no pretense to objecti- no, 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 objectivity. No, no, I don't I'm think saying, there's such a thing. Well, I, if I want to play the devil's advocate, our real uh, uphill battle has always been how do we explain this to people and once we've explained it and we've piqued people's interest and excitement levels how do we make it so that a normal everyday person can come across and actually use it and yeah. uh, understand it and be able to to work with it so we've still got quite a ways to go and certain things that only people that can code in c plus plus or c would be able to actually to be able to actually do. But the good thing is that uh, now we've attracted a whole lot of different people into the ecosystem with Solidity backgrounds and Python and Rust and all sorts of uh, wonderful things. And, and when you trans, when you um, actually attract those types of people, mm-hmm. that brings brand new sets, yes. ideas, layers. So the good thing about building a largely language agnostic platform is that you appeal to everybody. Yes. Whereas... Other platforms only appeal to a specific, a specific subset. So this is the part that's quite ex, quite exciting. And if we had the development team or pool that Ethereum has, for example, or Bitcoin has, my God, we would uh, we would be um, we'd, we'd be light years ahead. I don't I want to sound too. No, early, but, no, no but but soon come, and it's, I suppose it's like the the strength in diversity that you might get in the Amazon jungle versus. Mm the lack of strength and resilience that you would get with a monocrop culture. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if you, all you're that doing is, grow, is growing wheat on 10 acres, well, you're going to have limited strength in there versus like a complex ecosystem like the Amazon. So with you, I forgot, of course, I forgot to mention that you're language agnostic. You'll take any, anybody, yep. any programming language can work. And, and the Actually, go on. go on, Ben. To your, to your point, to your point, what it has actually done, and this is an advantage, so I'm, I'm an optimistic pessimist, I can see the, um, the beauty in every situation, but the thing is, if you think about it, we have been a, a platform that hasn't been able to or set up for previously for projects that want to come in and flip a quick buck and um, press a button put out some crappy white paper and, and raise $5 million. That has not been our um, project. And the, and the reason it hasn't been is because it takes a particular level of uh, competency to be able to sort of uh, build on and integrate and all the rest of it up until this time, which is why we've had um, third-party providers come out and offer services and assistance to those people who just don't have the technical uh, expertise or skills. Now, it's going to become very easy very soon, mm. but um, it's been a, what some would see as a disadvantage has actually been an advantage because it's meant that uh, those sinister style of projects or the get-rich-quick projects have largely just not even considered building on Komodo to this stage. Wow. Okay. Very good. Now, the challenge that you have, I think, mm-hmm. is you know people know about EOS, they know about Ethereum, they know about Cardano, they know about... Uh, Tron they don't know about Komodo I talk to CEOs of ERC20 projects and stuff and they'll say to me oh, they're, they're not sure because it's lagging and the gas fees and stuff and uh, Komodo there's only two ways you can uh, really get really really known in this market and that is uh, to shill the hell out of uh, your offering which may not actually exist yet um, in the most part and spend a lot of money doing that and burn through a lot of investor money to do that and the second way is to have made a lot of people rich um, which makes those people um, talk uh, at length about how amazing the technology is there's a lot of projects out there that have made a lot of people a lot of money that don't actually do anything but people will swear that it's the best technology oh the technology is the best because it's made me fabulously rich <laughs> yes yeah. that's the technology that's mentality. yeah so i think we're still a little bit away from um from uh i think what we need is we need one or two big company integrations uh and once these people turn around and we are working on that and once mm-hmm. people turn around and say hey komodo's been integrated into a, a fortune 500 company or some top companies have come along and started to take the technology and trial it and build with it, then you start getting people to say, well, hang on, why haven't we considered that? Um, and if they can do it, why can't we do it? So I think it's a little bit of a um, who goes first mentality. And once we've um, signed one of these and we've, we've done a deal with them, I think you'll see an influx of, um, of other uh, commercial companies come in and that will also spread um, the word through the crypto circle and the blockchain communities as well. Okay, now is that happening? Are you talking to Fortune 500 companies or big we companies? We always, we always, um, that's, I, I guess that's one of our, um, one of my roles as well is to try and um, help with the development and, and business side of things. So coming from a corporate background, I've got a lot of contacts and it's a matter of trying to A, explain what blockchain is, what the benefit is, and trying to make sure that the timing's right. And, and you must understand that a commercial business doesn't want to fix something that isn't broken, but they do want to get a, a, 
a leap uh, from the you know ahead of their competition. So what they're looking for is a trial, so to speak. So what they want to do is they want to integrate blockchain into a small part of their business to see how it works and to get used to it before they go and say, right, we're going to build everything on top of it or or whatever. So at the moment, Facebook and um, JP Morgan are bringing out a coin, uh, and that's about it really. So people can see the value of being able to try and turn a $140 million company like BitTorrent into an $860 million market cap um, by, by putting a coin on it and not much else. So um, there's a bit of time before I really think you'll see businesses pick it up as a core operating type of um, platform. I think mm-hmm. you'll see it more as, as I've said, reward points or a game or something in-app. Um, so so it's, it's, it's really still, a, I think, a little bit away before we see it in big mainstream companies as a, as okay. a proper core operating and system. Can you give any examples of companies that you're talking to no we can't any, without any without companies. without naming them or the sorts of things that companies are looking at uh the sorts of things that companies are looking at would be more so to do with transactions and um, storage of cryptocurrencies and coins um and the infrastructure on how to transfer those coins across borders and markets um so, for example, um, Grab is, is not one of them. I'm just saying this because I worked at Grab. But Grab, for example, has a head office in Singapore. And because it's a loss-making company, so every ride costs them money because they buy the drivers and they buy the passengers, every month they have to distribute uh, money to the seven markets. That all comes from Singapore, which is where they get funded, and they have to send that money to each of the uh, countries. There's a huge cost involved in doing that. So... Um, because uh, you, you have to have a central control for money, otherwise everyone would run naked and wild through the streets. So mm-hmm. sending this money alone costs these big corporations huge amounts of money. So just on that, that gives you a little bit of a hint of, of where people are looking at uh, going. And then if they've got a type of coin or cryptocurrency, they'll need a place to store it. So a wallet and safe, uh, safe storage places. So we're in those very infant stages that people are sort of saying, blockchain, that means coin, and that means a wallet, and that means <laughs> trading and getting rich. Um, they're still trying to understand how the underlying technology layer can actually improve their business. Right, right, right. But but then what, what can come in that instance? And just to say again, you you use Grab as an example to talk about it. It's, we're not saying yeah. that Grab are working with Komodo no. at all, right? No, in no, that no. instance, where a company uh, works across borders, has to send some of its internal funds, and they want to know how to set it all up to keep the coin secure and to send them yep. all. That's not necessarily a job for Komodo because they could just set up a multi-sig wallet and then they can send off Litecoin or Bitcoin. Why, why would a company use Komodo for that? So the, the thing is that the companies um, uh, have blockchain on their radar, right? So a couple of years ago, customer experience was the big buzzword. And every year or so, there's a new big buzzword. And this this year, it's blockchain. Um, so where where when we begin conversations, we don't often talk about cryptocurrency. We, we doesn't even come up in conversation. They're saying, "Tell me what blockchain does." And isn't it just a ledger or like an Excel spreadsheet? Does it actually do anything? Does it give me any advantages? 
So what we have to do is play the reverse role. We're stupid if we go in and say, what do you want to do? Because we can do everything. That's a stupid mentality. We have to go in there and say, what are your pain points? Where are your competition beating you? Why? Um, what do you want to improve on? And then try and work out whether or not we have something that can actually help them to achieve that goal. Right. So we have to, we're much better off going in and saying, what is it you need? What is it you want? Rather than us going in and saying, okay, open up my attache case or my briefcase and here's five things that we've got. Da, 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 which one which one interests you in trying to go through some sort of snake yeah. oil sales pitch? Yeah, now so, find out what it is they want and they need mm-hmm. and then provide that and build it on the yeah. blockchain. And that's where we're getting through the door because uh, a lot of the other projects have one particular product or one thing that they can do and they're going in and forcing that down these these uh, people's throats. And don't forget that we're in the early stages of blockchain. So a lot of the people that are uh, pitching and a lot of the people that are trying to get the business have never worked in these types of companies. They don't understand how the structure works. They don't understand what these people want to hear. So they're talking in crypto terms of moon and Lambos and companies, <laughs> which just doesn't work. But now you're starting to, now you're starting to see people, uh, now I'm starting to look at these projects that are coming on board now and I'm starting to see that their teams have quite strong um, corporate background and quite strong corporate, um, uh, have had quite strong corporate careers and that's, that's a testament to the fact that we're getting closer to getting into big businesses. So, Komodo's appeal will come from security, um, privacy, scalability, uh, and a lot of, uh, for example, look at Dubai. On one side of a trade-free zone of the road, it could be an American company, and on the other side, it could be a British company. How do they send each other money? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're talking about multi-currencies in a in a foreign land that doesn't deal with either of those currencies. So um, there's a lot of ways we can help with transfer, settlement, um, asset registration. Um, and now that we've got the crypto conditions contracts, we can actually do a lot as far as the asset side of things is concerned. Great. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, well, and what, what, okay. So moving on. So what is it you want to let us know about what's happening with Komodo, the overview this year, the structure mm. becoming commercial? Yeah. So Komodo will um, go through for a brand refresh, as you know, and that will show that we've grown up a little bit and that we've uh, thought a little bit more about things. Um, we've spent a lot of time trying to get that right and we've um, not relied on just internal people and the consensus of uh, people saying we should have a yellow flag with a blue whistle and, and little <laughs> things that go honk and toot. Um, we've actually got in a very reputable third party to help us um, try and come up with something that's um, appealing to not only the, the blockchain space but also the, the real um, traditional businesses in the commercial world as well. So we have, um, there's a lot going on on that side of things and that will also pave the way to for and show us um, some of the products that are going to come out quite soon. I'll let CA talk uh, in more depth about those, but we've got some pretty exciting, um, how, do I, how do I term it? Uh, products that are more easy to use. So working right. on people's uh, effort scores and making sure that people don't have to be uh, as cluey technically to be able to work with Komodo, which will open up a floodgate of new uh, developers and people into the ecosystem. So yes. pretty exciting. A lot of it's already been built a long time ago as far as base layer technology is concerned, and now we're trying to polish it up and make it so that uh, we get the recognition. Because a lot of people put a 
very polished user interface out with some garbage technology attached to it that hardly works and it gets a lot of notoriety. Whereas we've spent a lot of time making sure the base layer is very, very strong. And now what we have to do is work out how to, uh, to put a nice wrapper on that that is appealing to people and people want to use. And that's what we've, uh, 2019 will be a lot of that. Very good, very good. Okay, and just uh, so people know, is that I'm going to have a couple of interviews this week with CA, uh, who's going to be talking about some of the technological advancements of Komodo. So you should subscribe uh, so you find out when those come out and also comments, questions and everything. And uh, I've had a little preliminary conversation with CA about what's coming on. It is really, really quite exciting. Now, um, what else? What else? What else is there? Oh, about the technology. About the technology, yes. right? There is. Yes. Uh, I think I just can't talk to you without mentioning Pirate Chain. Pirate Chain blows me away, and I know how it came about. And it says something about um, Komodo's decentralized structure. It was like a, to me, I suppose, a few developers tinkering and trying something out and stuff. Oh my God, all the transactions are hidden. Nothing on the blockchain. Yeah. The, the it's actually um, it's actually like if you look at the actual technology, the underlying technology, and you look at what it actually does, and you look at what it's capable of doing with with crypto conditions and all the rest of it, it technically has every right to be up there with the uh, the top market cap uh, privacy coins at some stage if it gets enough usage and traction, and it gets enough developers coming in and building on it, um, and and sort of branching out from just um, you know one or two key uh, functions you would uh, I would I would expect this this could rival and go with any of the top privacy coins now if any of them pivoted to, to offer something new um, with the new crypto conditions contracts pirate chain would be able to um, match that and hopefully one up whatever it is that they're trying to do so um, yeah it is exciting and it's a uh, it, it has been I think it was more successful than people thought it would be, but mm. yet it's far less successful than it should be um, if you look at the technology layers. So I, I, um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where that one goes. I'm, yes. I'm watching it very closely. Yes, 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 yeah. Way more, and I just got to say, in my opinion, way more private than Monero, way more secure, as private as Grin and Beam, as private as them, uh, actually, no, a little bit more private because you don't have to have... Um, you have to, what is it? You have to have certain transactions, and you can expose IP addresses through Grin and Beam, right? But way more secure because uh, Grin and Beam don't have delayed proof of work; they're not resistant to fifty-one yeah. percent attacks. So, I think, um, I think it's got quite a few advantages, and I think it's got quite a few. Uh, I always try and be very respectful to the competition, <laughs> and especially when, when um, you know, you look at Monero and. Um, and Zcash, they've been around for a very long period of time and they've been successful and, and big big, um, big movers uh, as far as market cap have made a lot of people with a lot of money and they're, they're very well loved and adored. And I think that that is for a particular reason and they've served a, a particular purpose. But I think um, this new generation of coins like Pirate coming through doesn't have to just follow some sort of legacy system or model. It can really sort of deviate in very groundbreaking ways with the use of the technology that's at their fingertips. So all they need is more people to go into that community and help them develop that. And um, who knows where it could go. That's right. That's right. And I shall have links to Pirate Chain in the description below. So it is worth finding out about. Um, 
Yeah, for sure. Okay. I think there's a lot of, let's be honest, there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the Komodo ecosystem in general. And any other cool stuff you want to mention? You wouldn't bring in anything else you want to say? I think um, it's probably a little bit premature to mention some of the other things, but we've got, uh, let's just say that if we thought we worked hard in 2018, um, 2019 is going to be uh, nightmarish from a workload perspective, but extremely rewarding because I think what you're going to start to see now is the fruits of labour come together um, and and to uh, to pay homage to people like JL, uh, who've been here since the beginning, and CA, who's been here from for a long time, and some of these amazing um, core community members and people that have been with us from the start. They have spent years and years and years to earn the title of overnight success. And <laughs> what will happen at some stage is uh, this year is they'll say, "Where's this Komodo project come from?" They'll a lot of people have never heard of it, yeah. Um, and it'll just look like, wow, how did that sneak up? It's a, a complete platform and it's uh, quite polished, um, but it's been years and years of toil. And the great part about it and the thing that I'm the most proud of is people that get involved in the project, unless they're um, uh, wrong for the project or have a personal um, reason, generally stay uh, and that is because they want to see where this thing's going and they know where this thing's going so mm. the, the the turnover is um, is normally for a reason and the thing is that the people that believe in this uh, this tech are, are here to stay yes I think uh, I think it's wonderful to know that even though it's decentralized and it's a bit chaotic at times and there's new things coming out of every five seconds everybody wants to stay and we're like a very very um, becoming more functional, uh, disjointed family. Yes, I, I, I was I, the word that came to mind was cousins. Like Verus Coin is a cousin of Pirate Chain, is a cousin of Equal, is a cousin of Chainzilla, right? Because they all help each other out, and but they're off living their own lives as well. So that's what I thought. <laughs> like this large extended family. That's fabulous, Benny. Anything else you want to say? Any last words before we finish up? No, I just want to say thank you for um, for um, doing such great um, work on, on helping to promote and cover Komodo, and we really appreciate that. And I think um, I uh, I think obviously people like yourself that picked up early that it does have the potential that it does, and you're watching it evolve and grow. I think um, you're almost an, an honorary an honorary member, <gasps> and you are an honorary member of Komodo, and just as much just as much as, as much a part of the family as anybody else is. And I think it's good that um, that uh, there are people like you are, who are passionate and who are prepared to sort of look past the warts and the uh, the bumps and, and, and see what there is as far as raw tech underneath. And we appreciate you, uh, you following us and uh, and supporting us so vigorously. We, we really appreciate it. I bet, Benny, thank you so much. Thank you. And I really appreciate how willing the team are to come on and talk about Komodo. I really, really do. And, um, you know, if, I'm going to have the links in the description below if people want to get involved, find out more, join the Telegram group, join the Discord group, uh, do their own due diligence, do check it out and get involved in Komodo. And uh, I will, of course, continue to cover Komodo and the other projects. So if you're interested in that, please do subscribe, hit the notification bell, comment, questions, all of that stuff. And between now and when I see you next, please keep filling your pockets with Komodo profits. This is Crypto Rich and Crypto Benny signing out. All the best. Bye-bye.